Right here on 104 Now I'm the horn uh, Yes usually it will be A new theme Thursday But the new theme For this Thursday Actually is 512 Friday Because it's actually Friday for us Our last show of the week And 512 Friday My man Patrick Plays jams From local bands And artists Very talented human beings That you can catch live Right here in the ATX Who are we jamming right now Patrick? This is Slurp the World <laughs> They are playing <laughs> Saturday at Swan Dive uh, Say what? Say what? Exactly. Hey, man, there's a young band. Wow. Okay. They got young ideas. Okay. Slurp the world. Slurp the world. All right. There I don't go. know how we follow Respect that up, but I do <laughs> want to give a special <laughs> shout out to our All Stat Brackets Challenge winner. Shout out. <laughs> uh, the 2023 All Stat Brackets Challenge winner. Congratulations to Mas Ticante, uh, Jason W. of Wimberley. Uh, he won the bracket. He had a two-point division. He was between first and second, and he was the one who came down with the winner. So shout out to Masticate, Jason W. from uh, Wimberley on the All-Stat Bracket Challenge. He is the winner. Uh, there you go. Uh, congratulations. Uh, no question about it. That's a really, really cool prize. And uh, thanks to the good folks of it all start, too. No, no doubt. doubt. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get to some of these NFL news notes and nuggets. Uh, you can be a part of the show. You're the most important part of the show. 512-337-3776. That's the number to the Specs text line. Also, hit us hit us up via Twitter. My man Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. And I'm at Rod Babers. We'll get you a Masters update uh, toward the back end of this segment. Uh, Rod of the day we're talking cowboys and the nfl draft since we're getting closer to the nfl draft the cowboys visitor list like it um, usually can be very uh, telling uh, in terms of foreshadowing what the Cowboys are going to do in the upcoming NFL draft. So I want to talk about that a little bit and see if we can gather and siphon some clues and hints as to what the Cowboys might do in the NFL draft based on who they've visited with, who they've uh, worked out, what pro days they've gone to, and different athlete, different prospects uh, they've brought in. So we'll talk about that coming up in Raj Rant of the Day. And before that, we'll give you a Masters update coming here toward the uh, end of this segment. Uh, but I want to get into some some of these mock drafts because there are a couple that are, um, you know, they're, they're obviously I'm a mock, I'm a mock slut. I love mocks, and obviously mocks, depending on how plugged in the analyst is and how plugged in the uh, draft Nick is, that can really be a um, a, a great indicator as to mm-hmm. how accurate that mock is. But none of the mocks are necessarily that accurate. If you can. If you got like a 30, 40% hit rate in your mocks, then hell, man, you're killing it at that point. All right. You'd be like, it's like, like hitting 300 in baseball, pretty much. Yeah. All right. You'd be a Hall of Famer. So I understand that. But some of these guys, and Daniel Jeremiah is one of them, Lance Zerline is another one. Um, I think they're pretty plugged in. And Lance Zerline, actually, he works out of H Town. So he he's does. got a lot of Houston connections. So when it comes to what Houston is going to do in the draft, he has been one of the most accurate. Mockers, draft, uh, draft prognosticators in recent years. And I actually follow Lance Erline. Um, he does a really good job. Uh, does sports radio down there in, in Houston. Um, but he's really, really plugged in and he's been pretty accurate, as accurate as anybody when it comes to Houston selection over the years. And he recently, via the Twitterverse, 
got some Texans fans worked up. <laughs> and uh, and I and Patrick's brought this up too. Patrick's brought up this theory multiple times, and I hate this theory. Uh, but now it's gaining some momentum, and I hope that it's just because it's the silly season and we're just trying to find stuff to talk about and it's not actually something that has legs and holds water. But I'll give Patrick credit. He brought it up weeks ago. And now Lance Zerline and Peter King, by the way, too, brought this up as well. Uh, Lance Zerline said that someone asked him, hey, what's an opinion of yours that makes people go, oh, okay, uh, that's crazy. I could see that. He was being asked on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, the Texans could pass on a quarterback at number two if Bryce Young isn't there. Now, based on Peter King's latest f- football morning in America column, he is stating that there is some you know, friction within the organization of the Panthers right now because most of the organization, owner, quarterback, coach, they like Bryce Young. And that Frank Reich, the head coach, he prefers a taller quarterback. He's never really coached a quarterback, you know, shorter than 6'4". He says it's not an issue, but Peter King says he's got sources that say uh, Frank Reich wants a taller quarterback. Hey, mm-hmm. go look at his history. You know, I know his, his mouth may say one thing, but, man, your, your, history, your, your history says another. And same thing with me. You probably look at my history of ex-girlfriends and go, Rod B., I think you like big booty brunettes. Maybe I do. Doesn't mean I won't give a blonde a chance, but hey, it is what it is. Go look at the history. All right. That's Frank Wright. He likes taller quarterbacks. So he'll say, Oh, I'm, I like, I'll, I'll consider a shorter quarterback. But I'm looking at your history, man. Big booty brunettes, bro. <laughs> I know what you like. All right. So that's happening with, uh, with the Carolina Panthers and the number one overall pick. And Peter King is saying that they may end up picking Bryce Young, that he may end up being the guy. And he also pointed out in that very same column, actually the next, I think it was the next item in his column, right after he starts talking about the Panthers, he says that Nick Casario is very conservative and then goes to the Patrick theory that he's so conservative that he may decide that Will Anderson is more of a sure thing at number two in the draft. Draft him because D'Amico Ryan's defensive coach. They want to start building this defense. And then drafting a quarterback either next year when you do have multiple first-round picks mm-hmm. next year and you still have a lot of draft capital, or drafting a quarterback later in the first round. And that's what Peter King mentioned, and that brings us to the latest mock draft from one Lance Zerline who is plugged in. And in his mock draft, gentlemen, number two overall pick, Texans, he's got him taking Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge rusher. Talk about a surprise. Come on, man. And then he has the Texans trading back up into the first round to get their quarterback, Will Levis, in a trade with the Las Vegas Raiders at number seven. And there are multiple reports that they have interviewed and they like Will Levis. Come on, man. Okay, Harge, how disastrous would this be, in your opinion, if the Texans decide to take this route that lands Zerline is foreshadowing in his latest mock draft. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you, Jack Easterby? Exactly. <laughs> I'm playing that? right into my hands. That would, oh. that would be an absolute joke. That would, would be, be that would be something as a Houston Texans fan. I've told you about the meeting that they had at the golf course where they were saying, we are on the way. We are coming. Here is where we are with this season. Thank you all for toughing it out with us. We are on the rise. This will set you all back one more time if you pass on either of these quarterbacks, either one of them, 
And you're going to say you're not going to – if you get an opportunity to take Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud and you're going to pass on that opportunity, you are setting yourself up for failure again. The biggest thing for me is what we talked about before. You're bringing in a tight end. You're bringing in different receivers. You're bringing in – you just signed your offensive tackle – Again, to a guaranteed contract because you need him to protect your new prize possession, your quarterback, and you're going to tell me we're going to ride with uh, Davis Mills and Levis. Come on, man. Failure. That is a failure. These are the two best quarterbacks that you can have in this draft, and they are sitting there at one and two. Let's back it up even further. You should have fired Lovey so we didn't have to deal with this. In the first place. Ding, 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 ding. You should have let them have an interim coach throughout the rest of the season and got rid of Lovey two weeks before the season was over. It shouldn't even come that close. It should have never been put down to this. Mm-mm. And then the fact that you should have came down on the field and called timeout if Lovey was getting ready to go for two. Because if you tie, you get a better chance of doing this. No, it was a, it was a complete... Wholesale failure, exactly by the organization. And but now you're going to fail even more. Yeah, if they do by that, by not this, giving the people what they want, this would be a coward, a cowardice move by Nick Casario well, if he so, decided to pass on those two quarterbacks. So I, I, to go that route. So first off, I'm hoping this is all part of the smokescreen. Yeah, silly season where the they're like, season. "Hey man, let's send out some different reports and send out some different things." Hey man, we're real big on Will Levis. Hey, we're really big on t- to try and throw people off to maybe see if someone wants to give them two or three first to move up because they go, oh, wait, if they're not going to take C.J. Stroud at two, we really want C.J. Stroud. So we'll give them four picks to move up and we'll get some more picks because we don't really like either one of these quarterbacks. So we'll, yep. we'll wait another year, but we'll get a f- even more first so we know we can get the first next year. Mm-hmm. So that if you're trying to do that, I'm fine with it. The thing with all this was you're then gonna you're, you're still going to take a first. You're going to trade back up. In this draft, so you take an edge rusher who you could get at five or six, and then you're going to trade back up to get a quarterback that nobody wants. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. You can't not take one of those two quarterbacks and then still draft a first-round quarterback. That's a good point because Levis might be there waiting for you at 12. Yeah. If you, yeah, you play it right. I'm waiting. I don't. That, that's a, the, the Levis part is what throws me off because I'm like, no, no, you said you didn't want a quarterback. I'm fine with you waiting another year if that's really what you want to do and you really think that – Caleb Williams is the guy, and you're willing to mortgage your future to get Caleb Williams next year. Again. Well, no, no, but you're willing to give up five first-rounders or whatever it's going to take to get Caleb Williams and get that number one first overall pick next year. If that's your guy and that's the way you're you're looking at it, fine. But you can't then also use one of those picks to draft Will Levis. Then trade that 12 back into 2024 so you have another pick to To go go get get your guy next year. Yeah. So if that's your plan, fine. But don't leverage your future by taking two guys that aren't the guy. Yeah, this this uh, that's a great point. This uh, mock almost has a little cognitive dissonance in it, where it if you're gonna pass upon the quarterback with the top picks, okay, yeah. but that that's a different strategy than the one that's being applied with the second first round pick here, which is well, I'm gonna go get Will Levis, the fourth best quarterback in this draft potentially. It's like, well, it doesn't make sense. Go get the best quarterback in the draft. What yeah. you have a chance to do, unless, like I said, it, maybe their scouts do have. Caleb Williams or Drake May is, oh, man, that much better than all these quarterback prospects. 
but there's still no guarantee. You you screwed up this tankathon. Yeah. How you gonna guarantee you gonna get that tankathon right? In the, in the words, <laughs> in the words of my partner Rob Babers. I don't give a damn. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, you, know how, you know how I can help you screw up that tankathon. You know, you know, you start that tankathon, you draft, uh, you draft uh, Zach, you draft Levis, you draft your. If you make this draft, you're you're trying to tank again. Well, yeah, if you do this, you are because Will Levis. There, I mean, listen, there's no guarantee with any quarterback, but I think of all the quarterbacks. I mean, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are the biggest. We, yeah. we, they kind of bust at least bust potential with those guys at quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Seems to be more of a hit potential with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So this will be a coward's move for me if I'm I would probably be out on Nick Casario if he pulled a move like this. One hundred percent. I'm not out if he goes with your theory, Patrick, of just saying, all right, you know what? Quarterback is for next year's draft for us. This year we're just still building. I get it, building blocks. Um, but if he pulls a move like this and passes up on the top quarterbacks to get a defensive prospect and then get a quarterback late in the draft, I would assume that even though I'm, I'm a Nick Casario fan, that he's in over his head. That is, yeah. he's yeah. a little in over his no, head. No, he's trying to he's trying to play mind games. He's yeah. trying to play checkers while Bales is playing chess. And yeah, at least we, they, they want to think that. <laughs> they want to think well, that. No, 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 I'm saying, like that I'm saying, in the midst of meatheads, I'm saying Nick Casario is playing checkers. He oh, is not okay. the one playing yeah, chess. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> no, I agree with you. I'm saying, yeah, but he thinks it's chess. It's like, yeah, no, he's, no, like, he's like, oh, man. So Lance Erline is pretty plugged in. Here's Lance Erline's picks for uh, the Cowboys and for Bijan. Uh, well, quick, let me give you Bijan first because he's got Bijan going before the Cowboys actually end up picking here. Um, he's got uh, Bijan Robinson at 23 to the Buffalo Bills, them trading with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, which is a, an, op, an option that we've all brought up that somebody's going to trade up. I've said somebody's going to trade to get Bijan. Bijan is not going to get picked, in my opinion, by a team that is standing uh, at like, standing pat at whatever pick they have. I think it'll be a team trading down to get Bijan or trading up to get Bijan. He's right. got the Bills trading up to get him. He got the Cowboys. Harts goes back to your Harts Knock Life. Quentin Johnston. There it is. At number 26. He's got. The, Quinn Johnson falling to the Cowboys. Cowboys taking the wide receiver from TCU. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be in play if that, if Bijan's off, and this is exactly what you brought up in Hearts Knock Life, if Bijan's off the board and then a talent like him drops in the draft, which some people are projecting as the best wide receiver in the draft, why not take him? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that could happen too. I, I'm not opposed to that actually. If he, if that if the draft ends up falling that way, I doubt it does. I was going to say just in case it falls into the right direction, right? And that's why I love the Cowboys strategy. They can go into this draft whichever way it falls. They can play it. Yeah. They can. What's the uh, term in golf? Play it how it lays. Whatever. Yeah. Play it where it lays. <laughs> they play, play it where it lies. They, they, yeah. The Cowboys can play it uh, where it lies. They really can. They yep. can do that in terms of how the draft ends up working out for them. Uh, okay, Darren Jeremiah. Let's get to his mock draft here um, because he came out with his latest mock draft and um, his make, latest mock drafts a little bit. More sensible, in my opinion. I like this one a little bit more. Uh, he's plugged in as well. He's got Bryce Young going number one overall, though, to Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that continues. I mean, a lot of people that have you know that happening. Uh, he's got the uh, Texans taking C.J. Stroud with that number two overall pick. And I said there, there are reports now that the Texans are also kind of in love. Everybody's in love with Bryce Young. 
that's the reports that the Panthers, most of them are in love with Bryce Young, and reports are that the Texans also prefer Bryce Young, but there have been most reports they prefer C.J. Stroud as well, and reports that they prefer, Le- uh, not prefer, like Will Levis too. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's a silly season, so stuff is all over the place. Uh, but R- getting back to Darren Jeremiah, he's got C.J. Stroud going to the Texans, uh, number two overall. Um, then um, got Will Anderson actually going number three to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. Um, at number four with that four. So he's got him as the third quarterback uh, being taken off the board. Uh, with the uh, Cowboys, or sorry, with the Texans' second first-round pick, he's got him taking Miles Murphy, Clemson defensive end, hmm. which I'm not opposed to that, actually. Clemson's got some players. They got some. I mean, they, they got just, some players. But what it would show you is that they got D'Amico Ryan, who is a defensive head coach, yep. and they just want to, re- they want to build that defense. Right. They want to stockpile it. Right? You got Jalen Petrie. Who is one of the best young safeties in 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 uh, the NFL? They want they hope Derek Stingley's going to be that guy, uh, but man, Patrick always reminds me that they passed up on Sauce for that. Yeah, <laughs> hey man, uh, wait, don't uh, give up. If he didn't uh, deal with injury, he would have been in that conversation. Don't I mean, give not, up not on that Steve. conversation. He be he's a, he's, he's going a, to be a good yeah, he's going to be a good DB. You talking about, about an all pro as a rookie? Yeah, he would have been in there. He would have been in there. Was the last one to do that. He'd have been in there. You think so? Absolutely. Oh, he's just trying so. to make us feel good. I know, I'm, I'm just letting y'all know that was a hell of a pick. I would have loved for him to fall to the Cowboys. Well, I appreciate that, Harsh. But watching Sauce out there, it hurts me. I feel like Fred. Sanford. Oh, I'm coming, coming in, Elizabeth. I'm, <laughs> I'm coming. I'm like, oh, it was bad. Uh, but uh, Bijan Robinson, they got Bijan going 14 to the Patriots. Yeah. I don't want Bijan going to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I'm sorry. I would have to agree with you 100% it, now that I think about it. I am not a fan now. of that. You're right. You got Mac Jones calling. Who? Well, I get- <laughs> you got to get Bill O'Brien. You got Bill O'Brien back. That's true. It doesn't make it any better. It's better than Matt it's Patricia. Better, it's better than Matt Patricia, but it's still a person that I do not apply to. <laughs> well, it's because you. It's better than of, Matt Patricia. This is part of why. This, I will say that Patrick does have some rather sore feelings about Bill O'Brien because part of the reason he he renounced his fandom. Not all the reason, but part of it was Bill O'Brien. Would you admit yes. that? Oh, Scott, don't admit. I will say that. that is <laughs> yeah, like, so he's not really willing to give Bill O'Brien like a, another shot that. at redemption. And I, I understand that totally. I get it. Um, but I think Bill O'Brien's going to be a. So Mac Jones. Nobody's Who? happier about. Nobody's happier about Bill O'Brien being the OC than Mac Jones. Oh, apparently, he was calling Alabama last year anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why they got a good relationship. That's right. He's like, man, come on, bring. But you know what? That's why I'll give Bill O'Check some credit. Essentially, Belichick didn't publicly admit that he was wrong, but that hire with this story out now, yep. essentially is him admitting, yeah, I, I screwed that up. Man, I really screwed that up. Yeah, uh, We talked about that yesterday. A lot on the line for Bill Belichick this season. All right, getting to the Cowboys in the uh, Daniel Jeremiah mock draft. All right, Harge, he, Daniel Jeremiah's got the Cowboys taking Maisie Smith, D-tackle out of Michigan. Huh? Yeah. Now, he has generated a lot of buzz, but uh, it, it is a position of, of need, I think. But nah, well, not need. I take that back. It is a position that they have to address at one point because they have a lot of um, they have a lot of Do that bodies in the there. second and third round, man. They got a mercenary deal with Jonathan Hankins. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Odigizua a lot, but yeah. he's more of a pass rush specialist more so than a run stopper. They need somebody that can be both. Um, and I guess they would assume this guy's both. I'm with you. I don't like that pick. I don't either. I not, can, not even close. But Bijan's off the table in this draft, and a lot of the players, like uh, the receivers are off. Jordan Addison's off the board here. Quinn Johnson's off the board here. So maybe that was the, the thought process. Okay. Actually, I don't think Quinn Johnson is off the board in this one, actually. I think he may go after. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I I think the Cowboys. Yeah, he goes right after them actually. I'm to looking the Bills at, at 27. I'm looking so at everybody that else's would upset pick. You. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm not looking at no Maisie. What Smith? You said Maisie? Yeah, I, it's Smith from yeah. Michigan. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he's actually a freakish athlete, but I'm with you. In terms of value, I think the Cowboys can find more of an impact value there, and you can find D tackles a little bit later on in this draft. I know it sounds crazy. Hell, Texas got two of them that'll be. Available in like the fourth and fifth round. Call me Homer. I would much rather you go after somebody else. Go then. get Ojemo. Yes. I mean, Ojemo can play inside and outside and for he, you. And he was also headed to, he's one of those 30. Dude, Porter, going to the interview. Porter Ford's available yeah. as, as a free agent. I'm not joking. I think he is. I believe you can. I, mean, no, I know you can trade for him. But I think he's say. available, though. Oh, he's one Actually, of the no, I he's a free agent. I was going to say, was he on that exclusive franchise tag where <laughs> you got to give up two first? No, no, right? I think Puna is available, actually. But they have a Puna type, which is Jonathan Hankins. So I yeah. guess that's what they're doing. But either yeah, way, we'll move that around. I'm with you. I don't like the Maisie Smith pick. No. Nothing personal against the young man. I'm not really a fan of that move. Uh, can we can we hear the Cam Newton thing really quickly? And oh, then my we'll gosh, get to yes. Roger <laughs> Oh, my gosh, yes. This is great. This is outstanding. Just read Patrick, please, really quickly. Okay, so Cam Newton was on his podcast, whatever it is. Um, and he addressed the workout that he participated in at Auburn when he was throwing for the receivers, and while throwing for the receivers, he was bragging that, "Hey, man, I I'm basically better than I, I I'm not I'm not at the point now where my career is done, and I'm better than one of them 32 quarterbacks. All right, one one of them. Of them. He just pointed out I'm better than one of them. Well, here he actually showed a little humility in his latest video <laughs> and wanted to clarify those comments. Here is Cam Newton. In regards to my future in the NFL, and I wanted to set the record straight by saying, this is how I feel. There ain't 32 guys that's better than me. But I also know that I could also be a backup, and I'm willing to be a backup. Players that I will back up. Number one, I'll back up Deshaun Watson. It goes without saying, me and Deshaun Watson's relationship, uh, he was on my 707 All-Star team. I've grown to admire the person, the athlete that he is going through a lot of turmoil. uh, But I believe that doesn't that that's behind him. My number two person would be wherever Lamar Jackson decides to go. Uh, Number three will be Justin Fields, uh, another C1M product. Um, Number four will be Tua Tonga Valoa. Um, Number five will be Malik Willis. Another C1N uh, all-star representative. And I would say there's three rookie quarterbacks that I would love or enjoy to groom. Any of these rookie quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. Any one of those guys, I would be happy to back those guys up. Um, Who we got? Number seven, Jalen Hurts. Uh, number eight would be Aaron Rodgers. Number nine would be Josh Allen. And number 10 would be Sam Howell, another C1N uh, alumni. But when you think about the list, it's, it's really to the point. Now, some of those guys may already have penciled in backups that the franchise is probably okay with, and that's fine. I'm just voicing my opinion, and I'm just getting the narrative out. I gotta tell, how many C1N uh, alumni on this hey, list? If you play for Cam Newton, I got you. 
I'll be your backup. My two favorite parts of this whole clip: the music in the background. Oh, that was perfect. Oh, I love the music perfect. in the background. Like, who chose this music? <laughs> and when he says, uh, "There are some rookies I would love to groom." Yes. Like, oh. yeah, I will groom uh, <laughs> them. Like what? Like nobody wants you grooming yeah, their quarterbacks. No, not at nobody all. Nobody wants that. Uh, what do you think, though? I, you know what I love about this, though. We had discussion, and I was wrong because I said he's be uh, he'd be unwilling to be a backup in the league. He wants to be a starter. He so, was listening. And I think he wants to be a starter. He was listening. But he's willing to say, no, I still want to play. Yes. And if I want to play, i got to be willing to be a backup. I think he actually would be a decent backup for yeah. for a certain teams, depending on the right situation. It, it's got to be the right situation. Right it's got to be somebody. It's kind of like, like we talked about coaching at Texas. you got to be secure at who you are. And ding, not ding, have ding. to worry about anything else around you That's because you know you're going to get the smoke regardless. Because he's going to kind of bring it. He's not doing it on purpose. No. But this is his he's personality. Too big of, he's yeah, charismatic. Yeah. He's, just, he can't help he's too big of a personality. I want to see him take the Pat McAfee route. I do think he could do that kind of stuff. I, he's I, got the I couldn't agree more with He's good looking. He's charismatic. He dresses that very provocatively. So you'd always be like, what the? And he, I think he's funny. But I was I trying to figure funny. out. I mean, have you? And seen maybe he's not trying to be funny, but he's funny. <laughs> My man's hair was coming out the top exactly. of the hat. Like even the outfits. I'm like, is yes. he trying to be funny? No, because he's ironically funny, but it's hilarious. What That's do you a, call it, fashionista? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think he should. I think he should take the Pat McAfee route, dude. You could do that, Cam, and you would get paid. But I think he still wants to play. But he would get paid a lot of money. And I, I said, I think stop he's got getting hit, man. Just stop get getting, the money. Get the money. Pat McAfee sounds like a twenty some million dollar deal yes. to bring on his friends and talk ball. And if you want to get hit, go join the. WWE like Pat McAfee too. Be the guest at, Amen, at, at, at WrestleMania. That's a, take, that's a brilliant point. <laughs> if you really want that smoke, yeah. go WWE will let you have it. They will let you be a part of it. So the Pat McAfee formula. Snoop Dogg was in there. Exactly. Come on, man. Like, one of Paul brothers is now he's with a, the WWE he's a, too. He's a, he's a pro. Yeah, right? He's a pro so now. I'm saying, man, take the Pat McAfee route. Yeah. Man. What are you doing? Don't worry about grooming quarterbacks. Nobody wants you grooming their quarterbacks. For sure. I not, want, no, you are not a groomer. I want you to entertain groomer. me, Cam, because you're entertaining, brother. You are not a groomer. You're not a groomer. No. You're an entertainer. Yes, so exactly. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys. What can the uh, Cowboys pre-draft visits and workouts, pro day visits, what do they tell us about what they are trying to do or what they are uh, tr- uh, going to do in the NFL draft? We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night home. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to... uh... Ball don't lie, Rod's rant of the day. I want to get into a little Cowboys discussion here. So I was uh, looking at the uh, the Cowboys list of prospects that they've interviewed at either the Combine, um, worked out privately, pro day visits, uh, visits either uh, remotely or virtually, um, any type of personal visit that the Cowboys had or interaction they had with a prospect to log it, and there have been 89 so far um, prior to the NFL draft. And I'm sure there will be a few more, so it will probably end up close to 100 total. And I wanted to look at individual positions and what positions have they looked at the most out of these 89 prospects that they have either worked out, interviewed, uh, you know, obviously had a pro day visit with or uh, visited with them, you know, virtually or remotely, that kind of thing. And the position that has garnered the most interest from the Cowboys based on their prospect list are wide receiver. 
14 wide receivers. Basically, you're looking at, I think they have, they're getting close to, uh, and it depends on what list you're looking at because these, these are multiple reports. So the Cowboys are not confirming this necessarily. Uh, but you go look at it right now, and the Cowboys are at 11 wide receivers. Uh, the count that I have that they have either interviewed with or visited with in some way, form, or fashion, uh, which says that they are going to. Oh, take that back. I take that back. That was the cornerbacks. 15 out of the 89 prospects are wide receivers. Cornerbacks is 11 out of 89. So take that back. So 15, that's, that's the most of any other position. Uh, and, and even looking at like O line, you have to kind of break it down individually, guard and tackle. Um, so even O line, which I think they've brought in 20 O line, period. But if you break it down, center, guard, and tackle, not as many. So if you're just looking at individual position, it is wide receiver. They're most focused on 15 out of the 89 prospects they visited with were wide receivers. Now, here's something interesting because there's a trend with the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have a lot of observational kind of trends when it comes to their draft. Uh, they have drafted 14 wide receivers in the last 15 years. Um, only if you look at the wide receivers who are under six foot one and under 195 pounds, only four of those 14 receivers that they drafted in the last 15 years were under six one and under 195, 195 pounds. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to eliminate some of these prospects based on the trends and kind of based on the tendencies, the draft tendencies of the Dallas Cowboys, what they prefer, the measurables that they like. And they do like bigger wide receivers. Um, they've only drafted two of those 14 wide receivers who were under six foot and under 190 pounds. So they like size. Now, here's the crazy thing, though. They, I think they're starting to change that philosophy just a little bit. The, the wide receivers that I, that I found, that they were, they were under those measurables that had become you know, the baseline for the Cowboys at wide receiver. Uh, Dwayne Harris, Ryan Switzer, Danny Cole. Emmanuel Johnson, all late round picks, sixth, fourth, fifth, seventh. So if they're going to take a chance on a wide receiver like that, it'll be later in the draft. They draft them higher up in the draft or earlier in the draft. That usually means they're going to be a bigger wide receiver. Remember, we have this at Texas, right? Sometimes it's about preferences, what you prefer, right? Uh, are you a boobs man? Or are you a butt man? Right? It's all about what you prefer. I like both of them. Both of them are nice, but I'm probably a butt man when it's all said and done. And Tom Herman liked bigger wide receivers, right? Like big, big body wide receivers that could go win 50-50 balls. And that's what Texas had a lot of those guys when Sark came in. And, hell, you had your, what, your Colin Johnsons with Tom Herman, your Lou Jordan Humphreys with Tom Herman. Hell, Troll Meary was a Tom Herman guy. Malcolm Epps a Tom Herman guy. He wanted big body wide receivers, guys who could go win 50-50 balls. But what does Sark prefer? Speed. He wants small, speedy guys. Hell, sometimes they're even considered undersized guys, but he wants guys that can flat out run. What are you talking about? X-Men or Brennan Thompson. Size doesn't matter as much as speed to Steve Sarkeesian. So everybody's got a different preference based on the offensive system they want to run. And I think the Cowboys may be going through a similar transition. I do believe that Kellen Moore, who was a Jason Garrett guy, essentially making you a Bill Parcells guy for the most part, right? They have a different style of wide receivers that they like, and I think they wanted bigger wide receivers, bigger physical wide receivers, right? Because the kind of the Bill Parcells front was about power and brute force. Um, but Mike McCarthy 
is a West Coast guy, right? West Coast offenses are about precision, intellectual precision, and accuracy, and a supercharger with what? Speed. Sark is about speed because he's a West Coast guy. That's one of those West Coast ties that combines, that binds all West Coast offenses, right? That's why Andy Reid, he wanted speed with Tyreek Hill. They want speed. Mac, Mac McDaniels, he wants speed with his West Coast version of the offense. So it's just a, another kind of offshoot of those West Coast offenses. And I think Mike McCarthy, he wants speedier wide receivers faster guys now another me doesn't like size but i think in this draft you may see them go after a wide receiver made uncharacteristically a little smaller but they're faster wide receivers i think mike mccarthy may covet speed even with brandon cooks that just shows you right there right brandon cooks is known for what speed been able to take the top off of a defense that's what he wants to focus on so don't be surprised if guys like zay flowers who is 510 185 um, and he was he's a top 20 prospect uh, for the most part. 1,000-yard yep. receiver, 12 touchdowns. He visited with the Cowboys. Josh Downs, 5'10", 175. Uh, that's a guy, 15 yards per reception, over 1,000 yards, 94 receptions, 12 touchdowns in college. He's very productive. Also, 5'10", 175, a little under what the Cowboys' uh, baseline is for those positions. Tank Dell. Another big-time wide receiver, but he's 5'10", 165. Led the nation in receiving yards uh, with uh, over 1,398 yards and 17 receiving touchdowns. Even uh, the Cavante Turpin thing. Right, they got him. He's a speed guy. I think that's one of Mike McCarthy's, uh, one of his, uh, as a coach, I do that as one of his priorities. He's trying to make this a faster roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Don't be surprised if you see that happen. In the draft, he wants to go after a yak daddy, a daddy yak. What are you going to call it? Guys can get yards after the catch. The miggity, miggity, exactly. miggity, miggity, yeah. yak. <laughs> yak daddy. Yeah. It's, that's what he wants. And I think that's why, like I said, Cowboys fans, don't be surprised. They're definitely going to draft a wide receiver in this draft. Don't be surprised if it ends up being a smaller wide receiver than they usually draft. And I've been saying for years, Cowboys need to draft more wide receivers. They've only drafted 14 in the last 15 years. If I go look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've drafted 15 in the last 13 years. The Green Bay Packers, they've uh, drafted 12. You go look at the man, they're crazy draft pack. They've had 25 in the last 18 drafts. So, I know people talk about them not drafting wide receivers really early, really uh, early in the draft in the first and second round, and they really don't, and neither do the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers, man, they never really overpay for wide receivers because they're always drafting their next number one wide receiver. Hell, the Pittsburgh Steelers traded a Super Bowl MVP wide receiver uh, in Santonio Holmes because... They, hey, man, they, there's an old lyric from uh, Notorious B.I.G. I think it applies to wide receivers. And the lyric for B.I.G. is, I'm a pimp by blood, not relation. Y'all still chase some. I'll replace some. That is how you have to feel about wide receiver for the most part. Can't chase it. You got you to gotta think about replacing wide receiver constantly. Pittsburgh Steelers do it right way. Green Bay does it the right way. The Cowboys need to start drafting more wide receivers in middle to late rounds. Not necessarily early. If you got one early, then great. But middle to late rounds is where you find a lot of value at wide receiver. And these days, they are getting lighter for some reason. And you know you can blame for the wide receivers getting lighter? You can blame Sark. I'll give you a little stat. I'll give you more of this next week. So I'm doing some deep dive about the draft. You know, body mass index, BMI. Mm-hmm. Talk about it, say it's BS or what you will. But it's in, t- in terms of us now looking at this particular stat, I think it applies. So if you're looking at wide receivers who have a BMI of uh, 25 or less, 25, uh, you know, that bad body mass index or less, there have been 
since 2000, 22 wide receivers, right, who have a body mass index of 25 or less. Devontae Smith was at 23.1, and seven of them, seven of the 22 have been since Devontae Smith was drafted, 10th overall. So Mm. since 2000, we're talking about 23 years of the NFL draft, all right, there only been 22 wide receivers who had a BMI of 25 or less that were uh, drafted, and seven of them have come since Devontae Smith got drafted. That's a Sark effect. Because most, pe- most uh, coaches believe that, uh, man, that guy's too small to play wide receiver, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't draft a wide receiver who is that undersized or that slight. But ever since that Devontae Smith pick 10th overall in his Heisman campaign and Sark, obviously, his uh, intellectual genius behind that calling plays, a lot more teams are willing to give undersized, slight wide receivers a chance because of what they saw with Devontae Smith. He's been great. He's actually been really good. Um, So that's that's kind of looking at undersized wide receivers becoming more and more of a thing. And honestly, Sark's a big part of that. You got Sark to thank. Because <laughs> Jalen Hyatt, who is six foot one seventy six, he's got a twenty three point eight BMI. If you go look at round one and two wide receivers since two thousand, with a thousand yards uh, grouped by their BMI, only five. All right, five receivers have a thousand yards since two thousand with a BMI of twenty six or less. Mm. It just doesn't happen a lot. Guys were that slight and that small, but. Times are changing. All right, we come back. We'll get into, oh, this Aaron Rodgers story. We'll talk about what team can really rain on the Jets parade when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. That's my man Patrick. Takes jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings, plays those songs for us, and uh, man, gives us a chance to uh, get a get a sneak peek at these very talented human beings in the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Stupid Drama, and they're playing Saturday up at Hanover's. <laughs> Stupid Drama. What was the other what was the other one? That's, in, that? my, that's in my hood. What was the slurp one? Slurp the world. Slurp the world. <laughs> Stupid drama. All right. I like that. Yeah. I wonder how long it takes to come up with these band names to just commit to them. Does it take long? It's a commitment that's – because, right? like, you'll have, like, 20 names, and you're like, we hate all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just kind of get through, and then you're like, this one, it doesn't make me as mad. Yeah, because to me, I imagine it's like naming a child. It's a compromise with you and another person. Because – Naming a kid, yeah. I heard it's different because you may like something, and then right. your partner doesn't like it. They like something, you don't like it. How'd you come up with all your kids' names? We Hard agreed you? on them right away. You really know there was no debate. No well, the, it was like we like this. Is my it. very first child. Once he was a boy, his name was gonna be Michael. <laughs> period. <laughs> okay. You there were, was no. There was no negotiating <laughs> okay. that. And then all after right. that, we went through. You gonna get you another Michael in the no, world? There though. was gonna be another Michael <laughs> for sure. 
for sure. I got you. That's true. Yeah. That's good. For, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Well, I imagine a band name is kind of like that too. Like, hey man, come to a compromise. Sometimes maybe it's easy. Sometimes it may take a yeah, little while. Yeah, there's a great old uh, SNL bit about Bon Jovi with Bon Jovi and it being like, no, but we should name the man Bon Jovi. It's like, but that's your last name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, 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 but it just sounds cool. <laughs> that does sound cool though. That is awesome. I mean, how'd you come up with that one? That's great. It's probably Destiny Child. Probably Beyonce probably wanted that too and got yeah. voted down. Yeah. <laughs> we should I go want Beyonce, be, guys. We should be Beyonce's. No, Destiny's Child works, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to this uh, Aaron Rodgers story real quick. Okay, so there was a theory thrown out there by 49ers. Um, he's basically 49ers insider. So, But it, it is a theory of his. He's not basing this on any sources that he's got. Mm-hmm. His name is Craig Carton. And he, uh, he, he was on FS1, and he recently floated an interesting theory that the 49ers could try to pursue Aaron Rodgers, essentially, if the, uh, if the Jets thing implodes, basically, the Jets situation with Aaron Rodgers. And I, by the way, it has been crickets right now with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. We haven't heard anything. Been real quiet. Yeah, we have, we're assuming that it's, there's still a go for Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, but we haven't heard anything about it. And he's claiming that if the 49ers trade a first-round pick in next year's draft, and that if they really essentially combine, I think they're the third-round picks, they have three third-round picks. He's saying a first-round pick in next year's draft, three third-round picks from this year's draft uh, might be enough to at least get them to send Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers instead of the Jets. And by the way, the Jets, I believe, are asking for a first and like a middle round or a second round pick, 49ers can match yeah. that. Why not send them to the 49ers? The 49ers can definitely afford to pay them because oh, for sure. all their quarterbacks are relatively cheap. They just got rid of their most expensive quarterback, and that was Jimmy G. The rest of them are on rookie deals. So they can afford to pay them. Yeah. Would they do something like that? you got to figure out the Trey Lance, Brock Purdy thing too. Well, that would be the problem. That would be one of the trading pieces. That's a good point. Yeah. One of them, you gave up three to get – Trey Lance, you already said that Brock Purdy's your guy. We found out yesterday that he was one of the highest scoring cognitive test people from last year's draft and ended up being Mr. Irrelevant, played himself into a big-time deal. So why wouldn't you look at doing something like that and make Trey Lance part of the trade? And he says absolutely Aaron Rodgers would want to play for the franchise. Of course he would. Because he'd be going back to the West Coast. Oh, and he could beat Brady there. Yeah. Because remember, the story initially, everybody thought Brady was going to go there. They're going to keep that bleeping guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that MFR? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who, who do we think he was talking about? Was it's it, got to be Jimmy G. It, it, every single one of those quarterbacks that uh, Cam Newton could start in front of, he's talking about every one of them. <laughs> that's the MFR? That, yeah. yeah. That's the MFR. Uh, but there you go. I mean, the point, I would say he nobody made it sound as logical and as reasonable as this guy did. Right. And it makes a lot of sense because they can afford it salary cap-wise. The big issue yep. would be draft capital-wise, but they can use next year's draft capital mm-hmm. and then just basically to decide to give away the top picks they have in this draft and make it happen. There's something going on between the Jets and the Green Bay Packs right now, and it ain't good. Right? Yeah, I, I know Mac, Mike Florio had the same report is that the 49ers could be a fallback on, on the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there is the thing of this is an NFC team, and one of the things the Packers said is they did not want to send him anywhere in the NFC. Uh-huh. And so that is one of the hangups is, hey, this is one of those teams that knocks out of the playoffs a lot, isn't it? Yes, it so is. So we don't really want to give them our best player. 
Right. And we'll come back to bite you. But yeah. if you're saying, hey, Always we're, does. we don't necessarily think Jordan Love is going to take us to the playoffs the next two years, and we don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for three. <laughs> so if we don't if we don't think we're going to be playing against him the next two and we can get a bunch of their capital, then technically we're hurting them down the road because we're stealing their draft capital. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if, it, depending on where they think they are right now, then they could still send Aaron Rodgers to the NFC. But I know that that was one of the hang-ups was they really wanted to send him to the AFC. Yeah, that's a good point, Patrick. I think if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play that long for Green Bay. He goes to that quarterback-friendly offense in San Fran on the West Coast. We can go to the beach every other day. He may decide, you know what, I want to play two or three more years with these guys, yep. just not with the Green Bay. Yeah. All right, uh, good stuff there. We'll come back. We got to 6 o'clock. We'll talk Texas football and Texas basketball right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.